Thank you. All right, yeah, so I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm very excited about talking to you guys, and, and uh, Pastor Gary kind of told me it's a family Sunday, so kids, I want to be talking to you a little bit today, or mostly to you guys today, um, as your parents listen up. So tell your parents to listen up, okay? All right? Um, so I want to I wanna just start off with just this little riddle, all right? And so you may want to write this down. I'll get to it in the middle of the sermon, but I want to kind of have you guys think about this for a minute. All right, here's the riddle. Listen carefully. All right, there's 30 dogs, 28 sheep. How many didn't? Okay? I'll say it one more time. There's 30 dogs, 28 sheep. How many did not? All right? So, some of you guys know the answer already. We'll leave it that way. Um, but I'm happy to be here again. I have been in pastoral ministry for a while, and so I just love teaching I love speaking to people, and so I'm happy to be here. And, and today I want to kind of go over uh, and talk about the family. Talk about the family being the most important small group given to us by God. And so I want to kind of look through that through um, Moses and then kind of going into Joshua because there was a transition that happened as Moses was leading the people of Israel, right? And you know about there were slaves for a long time uh, in Egypt, and then they were found, Pharaoh finally let them go. And they were going in the desert. Now, how many of you guys have been to Disneyland? Kids? Okay. How many of you guys are crazy enough to drive from Disneyland from <laughs> Northern California? A couple of you guys, all right. Yeah, we just, me and my wife, we just took a trip down to San Diego. That's a long drive, all right? Especially when you go to L.A. to San Diego and it takes five hours. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. Uh, so we took a long drive. But as you're taking the drive, and if you have kids, especially young kids, when you're in the car, what do you hear a lot of times? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Right? Like, what's taking so long? And you stop and get food. And then 10 minutes later, I gotta go to the bathroom. Right? Why didn't you go back 10 minutes ago? I didn't have to go back then. Can we just go to Discovery Kingdom? It's closer. <laughs> Would have been there by now. Can we go back? So if you can imagine, when I look at Moses, Moses had over a million people with him as he traveled through the desert. Now can you imagine? I mean, it's more than you can fit in the minivan. Right? So, <laughs> Can you imagine Moses uh, just having to hear the griping and complaining? Can we go back? Where are we going? Let's go back to uh, Egypt, right? And so I can just imagine this journey of going through there and through this journey with so many people following Moses. And so the point of that is Moses, he could not have had a relationship, a close personal relationship with every single one of those people. It's impossible. Now, I know they wanted it for a long time. Maybe you can get to 600 of them, right? And you can kind of maybe get to know them, but you cannot have a close relationship with every single one of those people as they're going through the desert. I mean, God gave them Aaron for help, gave them the priests, gave them tribes, clans, but the family was the most important unit. The family was the one that was responsible for helping each other, for teaching each other, for being there for one another and teaching them spiritual things. So I'm going to look at Deuteronomy, and I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to start uh, with verse 4. And as I look at Deuteronomy, and, you know, the Old Testament, sometimes you get into those first couple books, and, and it kind of gets, you know, a lot of numbers. And I, through my devotion the past couple of months, I've been going through the first five books. But if you break down Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is really just a long sermon given by Moses. And so Moses is telling all the people, the first chunk, he's saying, like, look where we have been. 
Look what God has done for us, right? We've been through slavery. We've been through trials and tribulations. But God has been with us all during that whole time, even with our grumbling. And then the next section, the middle section of Deuteronomy, he kind of talks about and reminds them the need for a savior, right? By talking about all the laws, right? This, this is what separates us. This is what our moral standard is. This is what God wants from us. And this is why we need a savior, because these things are hard to follow, right? We can't follow them. We're, 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 we're fallen people. And so at the end of the book of Deuteronomy, he kind of gives the people two choices as he's talking to the new generation and the kids. He's saying, as you move forward, you're going to have a choice to make. You're going to either follow God or you're not going to follow God. Now, if you follow God, you've got a chance. Because Moses is saying you don't have a flawless life where there's nothing that's going to happen to you. You're going to have trials. You're going to have heartaches. But without God, you don't stand a chance. And so he's giving them this warning. Now, in Deuteronomy, it's interesting. Deuteronomy, six times Moses will mention that, kids, you need to follow God. And especially the parents. He's telling the parents, lead your kids in their spiritual lives. He says this six times in Deuteronomy. And one of those times is in verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 4 through 9. And it says this. It says, listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And I'll stop there for a second. You know, uh, kids, easy way to remember the commandments, kids, and when I, when I taught kids I would do this, is two commands, four words. Okay? So kids, repeat after me. Love God. All right, kids, one more time. Love God. Love others. That sums up all the commandments right there, those two things, right? And so Moses is kind of telling them this right here. Love God with all your heart, soul, and your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your who? Children. Talk about them when you are at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. See, Moses is telling them the importance of making sure your kids understand who God is. And this whole thing about telling them every time, you know, everywhere you go, as you're walking, as you're going around, he's trying, trying to tell them that you need to talk about God as you're doing life. You know, he's not, you don't have to wake up your kids in the morning and the first thing you're doing is sitting with a Bible right in front of their bed, right? He's just basically saying that as you're doing life, Talk about spiritual things. Be involved in their spiritual lives. You guys are the primary influence of their spiritual lives. Everywhere you go, it's part of life and conversation. Because think about Moses. Even at his best, even at his best as he's leading, and he's a great leader, the people faltered, right? Um, Kids, have you ever been with your parents and they said, you know, I just got to go somewhere real fast. I'll be a couple minutes. Come with me. We're going to run some errands, right? And then the kids are some people, and then the kids are sitting there. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. What was going on, right? And so you know, this with Moses. The thing about Moses now, he's telling the people of people of Israel. He's saying, "Hey, guess what? I got to go on this mountain. On this mountain, I'm going to talk to God. All right, just stay here. I'll be back. God wants to have a conversation with me." And Moses goes, and what do the people of Israel do? Complain, right? Where is he at? He's not coming back. He's gone. He's left us, right? Okay? So even at Moses' best, the people still turned and faltered, 
right? It's up to the family to be that spiritual influence. And that's the whole point there, is Moses, our quote-unquote the church, can't be the primary spiritual influence. Even if Moses is a great leader, he's close to God, Moses gave great instructions, great teachings, great sermons. I'm not taking any, anything away from Moses. But the point is, is that Moses can only do so much. Okay, Moses can only do as much as he can do because of the time spent and the amount of people that they have. Now, if you think about the church, okay, think about the church and the kids. Now, if your kids go to Sunday school every single Sunday of the year and they don't miss a Sunday, you know, I'll just average, I'll say 52 hours of influence they have from the church for the whole year, right? Now, parents, I'll take away, okay, school, work, the times you and your kids are apart, but I guarantee you in a week you have that 52 hours nailed, right? And so there's much more time that you guys are in their lives. And I know sometimes as they, grow, they get older and become teenagers, and I was a youth pastor for a while, that it may seem like that new youth pastor, you know, he's a cool guy, right? Or that youth director, they're a cool person. It's all about them. But believe it or not, it's still the primary influence. It's still the parents, and the parents still have that great influence. They do. So Moses kind of makes that point again in chapter 11 through verses 18 and 19. I think it's on the screen. There it is. He says, so commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you are getting up. I know it seems like a repeat, but again, Moses was telling the people the importance of this. So what do we do? What do you do as parents? And one of the things that I've always taught is try to spark conversation about Sunday school. Right? And that's the reason for the, for the joke. Who, any kids got the answer to that joke? Or that riddle? It wasn't a joke, the riddle. There's 30 dogs, 28 sheep. How many didn't? You know the answer? What is what's the answer? 10. Yes, everybody get 10. Why there's 10? Some, no? Okay. So there's 30 dogs. All right. How many of the dogs ate sheep? 20. Yes, I said 28 sheep. Yeah, it's a play. Okay, so there you go. Anyway, so I would, t- <laughs> I would send kids home with stuff like that every week to talk to their parents and just to kind of spark conversation uh, about that. And, and parents, if, if you talk to your kids, especially if they're young, if you talk to your kids and they leave Sunday school and the only thing they can talk about is that Luke spilled uh, glue on Susie's dress and Susie's mom's going to be upset, you know what, you, you know, that's, wow, church is a place where we can go and be a little messy, right? where we can talk about forgiveness and how we do life together. But by the way, I also know that you guys talked about Joshua. Remember anything about Joshua? And you can spark a conversation from there. And that's what, they're talk- what Moses is talking about, about doing life, doing spirituality with your kids. Now, sometimes people may say, you know what? I do all that, and I have an older uh, child, and, you know, they left the church, Rodney. Like, they're not in church anymore. I've done everything I can, and they've gone. I just want to encourage you and say, through prayer, and because you raised them in the church, that most likely there's a, there's a big, great chance that they'll return. You know, just a little personal testimony from my own life. Um, I was a person who had left the church for a little while. 
start it back um, with my mom. Um, she grew up in church, Seventh-day Adventist. My dad grew up as a child, never went to church. They get married, and my uh, mom left the church, didn't go to church. So somewhere along the way, um, when I was young, my parents divorced. And so they divorced, and my mom decided that she is going to go to church, that she needs to return, things are going on in her life, and she remembered her upbringing of being in the church and realized the importance of needing a Savior. So she went to church. She took me to church, and I remember I was the one I was fighting the most between me and my brother. There's two of us, and I was the one that didn't want to go, giving her a hard time. But by her making that decision and going to church, my mom and dad got remarried two years later, and I just fixed the family. And even with all that, when I graduated high school, I had left the church. But I remembered my upbringing, and when things came and trials and tribulations came to me, I went back to church and decided to get right with God. And then God called me into ministry. So it can happen just through prayer and making sure you're doing your part and bringing your kids up in the church. So let me look at Joshua, right? Who's this Joshua guy coming up? You know, Joshua was somebody who was watching Moses and learning from Moses as uh, Moses was leading the people. If you turn to Joshua chapter 1, I'm sorry, I'm going to read from verses 5 through 9. We kind of see in the book of Joshua God talking to the new generation, talking to the ones that are going to take uh, the, the people of Israel and move them forward. And he says this to the people of Israel. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to, your, to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them turning either to the left or to the right. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So that's just a great, great declaration that God makes to the people as you're moving forward. That the same God that was with your parents is going to be with the next generation. Gives them hope, gives them a purpose to move forward. And you can see some parallels between Joshua and Moses, right? Moses had sent spies into the promised land, and they came back, and they were discouraged. Those guys are big. I mean, Caleb was positive, but the rest of them were discouraged. Those guys are big. They're giants. We can't defeat them. Right? And God can't move the people forward if they don't have faith that they can do it. And so God had to keep them where they were because they wouldn't, didn't want to move forward. Right? But you see Joshua. Joshua sends spies in, and you see that goes much better. Rahab, one of their own, one of their own, one of their own Canaanites, turned and decided they were going to join this movement from the Israelites, and they get some help. 
And so you see this parallel where, where Joshua sees the previous generation and what they've been through and how they've done things, and then Joshua tries it, and he does better, right, all through the grace of God, but they both need each other. That experience from the older generation and seeing what they've been through, and then the older generation can say, you guys can do it because it's the same God, and they can do better. And that's what we want. We want our kids to carry on and do better than what we have done because they have learned from us. So it's not always just about looking forward. I mean, even the first part of Deuteronomy, like I mentioned, it's all about looking back at what God has done for you. You want to look back to see what God has done for you so you can move forward in faith and confidence. And that's what it's all about. So Joshua, Joshua prepares to teach the next generation so they can learn. And so they kind of go and they pass on dry ground through the Jordan River. Right? They go through the Jordan River on dry ground, just like they passed the Red Sea with Moses. And so if you turn to Joshua 4, 1 through 7, we kind of see as this new movement, as the young people move forward, we kind of see what God does with them. And so in chapter 4 of Joshua, it says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them that remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So just, I'm not going to ask the kids to do anything. Can, can the kids, 18 and under, just stand where they are right now? Just kind of stand for me. And you're not, I'm not going to do anything weird with you. are just going to stand where you are. Go ahead. Stand. Be confident. Strong and courageous. <laughs> yeah, just stand up. All right. <clears throat> so here we saw Joshua set up a memorial for the next generation after him. Right? So you have Moses handing it over to Joshua. Joshua moving forward, and Joshua already preparing for the next generation to remember what he has done and his generation has done. So the reason I had the kids stand is these kids are our memorial for generations to come. And when they look at them, they will see all the great things that God has done for Solano Valley, all the great things they've done in our community, and they'll be able to see them continue and carry on for the next generation after them. Thank you, kids, may sit down. So, Joshua 24:15. do I have that on the screen? Or did I end it at 4-7? There it is, okay. So last part of this, and I'll leave with this, is this declaration that we have to do as we declare for our children what we want for our households and what we want for our families. 24.15 reads, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. 
Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in, those in, who, in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So as we declare and we decide what we want to do, and as we do life with our kids and our spiritual things, we have to remember that when we're alone, when sin is coming at us and destruction and all these trials and tribulations, and then our kids see that, we have to decide today, what do we want to do? What do we declare? Do we declare that we will serve the Lord? Let's bow our heads in prayer. God, I thank you so much for just this time with Solano Valley and their families, God. God, I thank you so much that you're a God who loves us and cares for us and that you're the same God for our parents, you're the same God for us, and you're the same God for our children, and you're the same God for their children, God. Lord, you are good, and you want to move us forward. You want to move us into a part of life that we haven't seen, but we can be confident and faithful in it, whatever that may be. So God, as we leave here and celebrate, let this be a conversation. Let this be a, a, a spark. Let this be uh, and energy and excitement of just knowing that you are God and you are good and that we will all serve you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.